pity the fool, I'm fooling ones with my intelligence What's the policy of the mind, body, soul, overcome with the oblivion And my words play like an anthem, and it you will expose The intuition of the soul, deep dark thoughts you will never know I scotchitate the intentions of the mind. Hey you guys, welcome back to The Scholar Social My name is Jonah Ruffin I'm Zayla Bryant I'm Daya Brown I'm Tanaya Edwards And I'm Jayla Jackson and today, we have a special guest! Hi everyone, my name is Imani Stanton. Yes guys, this is my partner from the Harvard International Debate Competition. Woo -woo. Yes, the winners! The history makers! First yes. black women. First black women. <laughs> yes ma'am. First, yeah, first black girl duo to win Harvard International. Right. Yeah. As you should. Right. So, so it's, nice, it's nice to have you on the show. Thank we love you. it. Yes. You're our first guest. Yeah. So what are we getting into today? Okay, so today this topic is a little bit more on the timeline. Mm -hmm. So today we're talking about resilience, especially when it comes to black people, because we have this conception of what resilience is, but not necessarily what in application what that actually looks like. So I just want to talk about that for today. Y'all? Yeah. I'm down. I think that it's going to be such an interesting topic per usual. So if it's okay with y'all, let's talk about it. All right. So, so my <laughs> first with definitions, right? Yeah. Right. Okay. So I just want to know what y'all think resilience is first. Then we're going to get into what it's actually defined as. Okay. So, okay. Dea. Oh, oh, our guest! Yes. Yes. So sorry, no I guess. I don't know it was in order. Yes, I'm so sorry. Go yes, ahead. go ahead. Um, to me, resilience is when you go through a hardship, but you make it through. Mm -hmm. But there's something specific about that type of resilience that me as a person, me in my category, I'm a, I'm a black woman, and I've always yeah. been that. So it's, it's something specific to me where it's not just you're making through it, through it on your own. You're bringing other people with you, regardless yes. of what you're going going through. You always have that beside. I, I feel like it's at some points it's damaging, but also yeah. it's kind of that mantra that it is what it is. So you just right. have to deal with it. Yeah. So that's how I've, I've interpreted. <laughs> right. That's how sure I've interpreted like resilience throughout my life for both the good and the bad. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. I would have to agree on that. Um, when I think of resilience, I think of a blessing and curse. Specifically, mm -hmm. going, going back to the category of being a black woman, mm -hmm. um, I feel as if this is a curse because being a resilient. Um, it feels like I can't be nothing else. Right. And it's like I have to keep pushing. I have to keep pushing. And when I'm done, the curse comes in because I feel so drained. Right. And it's like this overwhelming, you know, feeling that I feel like I, you know, it's hard to get out of. Right. Um, but at the same time, a blessing. Um, it's a blessing because that resilience brings you, you know, new opportunities. Right. It brings you a new chapter in life. At the same point, it brings other people along as well. Right. Yeah. Um, going off of what both I agree with both uh, what Imani and Daya said. Going off of that, I think also part of resilience um, is how much struggle do I have to go through before I am seen as resilient as a black woman? How what degree of struggle? That's where it takes in. That's where the curse comes in. Um, I believe where it feels like the struggle Olympics, but the blessing I think of. Um, I think of Shakira's song Zootopia. No way. Is this real life? It's real life. And it says, birds don't just fall. No, what? Whoa. Messing it up. Birds don't just fly, they fall down and get up. Meaning that there's struggle. It's cute. But they end up flying in the end. Yes. Okay. The message is there. Right. The message is there. The quote is there. I don't know if the message is there. Shout out to Shakira. Um, for me, I think resilience is definitely similar to Imani, as in when you 
are able to get through times of adversity. Mm-hmm. But I think the nuance of my definition would be that adversity that is out of our control. Yeah. Right? I like that. So when you are faced with a situation or a circumstance that you genuinely can't control, mm-hmm. your ability to still come out on top or prevail. Yeah, and I my book is resilience, right? But if I have the choice to remove a circumstance or a roadblock mm-hmm. from my road, it will be removed. Right? Right, right. So when I see people getting through circumstances that you put yourself in or that you could have easily removed that person, that's something that habit from your life, for me that's not resilience. That's you making up for something you created. But the mm. thing about that is we have to be very careful because you may think that or I may think that you could have gotten out of the situation, but right. for you for you it was life or death. Right. So yeah. I, I don't I don't I don't make the assumption that you're doing this, but I caution people not to just put the assumption that right. this person didn't think that, that, that right. they could yeah. get right. out of it. Right. So that's kind of like a slippery slope for right. me. But yeah. I definitely agree with the nuance. Like you don't get points, you don't get brownie points for, for getting yourself yeah. out of something. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Come so, on John, you know what I'm saying? Brownie points. You could have dropped it last time. You chose to stay with him. Anyway, <laughs> um, I think that resilience, I think that everybody that has gone before has really like had a good definition, but for me, I think that it's, yeah, you know that you might be in a bad place right now, you might be like really down and not at your best, but knowing that in the end, you will be there, and one day you'll thank yourself for not giving up. I feel like yeah. that's resilience, being like, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm going to accept that right now, but I'm going to get through this, and then I maybe a year or two, I'm going to be like, you know what, I'm, I'm thankful for myself, <laughs> I right? Like I did that, you know? Yeah. I think, I like that. So for me, I kind of want to bounce off your definition. Kind of pushing myself, pushing myself through the hard part. Mm-hmm. And then in the end, finding the goodness, though it was bad. Right. That for me is the resilience. Just learning the lesson even after the lesson is over. Right. right. So th- with that, I'm going to say what the actual definition of resilience is, which is the capacity to recover quickly from difficulties or toughness. Mm-hmm. And my thing about that is that many people don't, Recognize resilience as the recovery process. Mm-hmm. Right. They recognize it as the the, the battle. The journey, yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. And so, and so kind of, I'm going to go back to what you said about the blockers that are in our way. Okay. When you said that you have the choice or the option to remove them, can you expound upon that? Because right. a lot of people feel like that they don't have the right. power to remove them. Okay. So what I meant by that is that what I see a lot, especially for young people, right? We get ourselves into situations that could have been prevented which is a part of growth, right? Mm-hmm. But when we look at bigger situations to where it is simply out of our control, right? So us as minors, a lot of times there are situations to where if we don't have a parent's check off or we don't have someone who is our guardian to sign off, it gets really difficult for us, yeah. right? The ability to navigate through things that we literally can't touch, for me, has always been a form of resilience, right? Mm-hmm. If it's you surviving through something that's your choice, I, I don't know, I, just, I find that troubling, right? Because right? of me as a person, there's a lot of things that I can't control, but in the sphere of what I can, if I'm pushing through something that doesn't have to be here, yeah. I, just, I, don't, I don't get why so many people, you know, try to push through situations that your life would be easier if you let it go. And I understand that letting things go is extremely hard, it's a process. but it's, a, it's so important because the more that you add on, to the thing that you already can't control, it, it becomes burdensome. The more that you right. let go, the more that you grow. Right. But the, ooh, I, told, I totally agree. But I I have someone in my life who they create all of their own problems. Literally so many things could have been avoided. But I, I, I can recognize and sympathize with the fact 
that this person has been through a trauma or they've been conditioned to think mm-hmm. that this is what is important. Right. Like people who have who are do all the isms or do all the phobias, they have been conditioned. You could have let that go. You don't have to be whatever racist or whatever. Yeah. You don't have to let that consume you, but they can't let it go because they've been conditioned or they've been through a trauma that makes them think that that is the most important thing in their life and that they can't have themselves or they can't be themselves without this problem, this thing. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, to us, because we've been conditioned to look at the bigger picture, to some people, the smaller picture is all that there is. Right. And that's why I feel like it's, you can never really say, oh, they could have, like, had that out of their way because I feel like every single person has their uniqueness to their situation and what you might think that they could, that could have been gone in their mind is, it's there, and I can't move right. it. Right, I would never, you know? I would never discredit the fact that mm-hmm. vantage point plays a role, right? Yeah. But I think that, and this is just my perspective. Right. No matter if you felt like it was life or death or not, does not change the facts of the situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Does that I make sense? I agree. Right? I understand. So it's like, yes, some people look at the bigger picture. For others, it's it's smaller, and it's this is what I've been conditioned to do. Conditioned right. or not, you know. No matter the circumstances, the bottom line is this is the harm. Yeah, this is that. the sickness. This is what's causing the issue. Right. Right. right? So I'm, y'all know me, I'm solution based. So I'm yeah. like, stop, see, stop, stop, see, stop. what needs to go? Yeah. What needs to be added? That's yeah. right. Because at the bottom, no, no matter how much we think about it or the way that we think about it, it's still an issue. Right. You know, what are you going to do to fix it? Right. right. So yeah. I'm going, um, bringing up the point of resilience and connecting that to um, what Jayla just said, if you don't go, maybe people, this is what, just what I'm hearing. Maybe people put themselves through that hardship just to be seen as resilient. Because imagine if you didn't have yeah, any shown yeah. hardship, are you still considered that strong black woman? Are you still considered that resilient woman? Right. And if your hardships aren't shown, or they aren't known, or they aren't as hard as people um, make it. You are so right about that. Let me say something about that. But, and I love that because the first thing that came to my mind when y'all are talking about this is work smarter, not harder. Mm-hmm. But everybody, like, the general consensus is people work harder regardless. Right. Because that is what gets praised. Right. You, did, you went through this, you did that, you did that, even when you had a broken blah, blah, blah. It's like the hype behind it. Think, think right. college, yes. college applications. That's exactly what they yes. Sorry. Yes. I mean, I'm not, I'm not getting college people who does that. Jokes. But, like, college, college applications, people, you have... They're literally one of the questions I look on Sorry. is what is something what is something that you had to get through that has made you who you are? Right. Because that resilience is praised so much, but it's almost yes. like right. What is the point where it's praised for something that you've actually been through, and what is the yeah. point where it's becoming yes. fallacious? Right. To that point, to that point, I don't know if anybody read Toni Morrison's Nobel lecture, but it's it's about language, and I realize that language is not just Spanish or English. Mm-hmm. I think. Resilience is a form of language. It becomes a catalyst. Um, it becomes a catalyst to of, of war and also the solvency of war. And so I think we tend to like look at to your point about how uh, resilience is like you know this battlefield, right? But at the same time, resilience is it's the journey of getting finding that healing, finding you know find, finding where we want to be in life. Because I know you know life is. Hard thing, <laughs> but at the same time, I wish we would praise resilience, right. and it's yeah. hard to do it as a black woman because you know right. it's tired. Right. I'm freaking tired. You're and tired. Even I want to I want to probe the definition a little bit because we're dealing with the word recover. Yeah, right? right. Meaning that the original sin is already done. Yeah, whatever you went through, it's already happened. Right. Yeah, and I think that people think that healing reverses the past, but it doesn't. Right. right? Yeah. It still happens. Whether your reality gets easier to go through is 
different than right. it not happening in the first place. Right. right. So if resilience at the basis is me recovering from something that I've already been through, for me that's an issue. Right. right? Because we do see a praise of resilience, right? Mm -hmm. But resilience only comes where trauma is. Right. My issue mm -hmm. is with the trauma. Right. I don't want to endure through stuff. Right. I want my kids enduring, enduring through things that they don't have to, right? Yeah. Especially with black people. Right. We go through a lot of stuff that should not be happening, but right? Is. So we're hyping up this resilience. No, let's deal with the trauma, yeah. right? If resilience is the the aftermath of an a, a, of a, a a bad thing, right? I do not understand the hype. Of. I, but can I say something? Yeah, go ahead, go okay. ahead, and I'm questioning. Okay, but I think that like trying to deal with the trauma is kind of like a very un. Wait, what are we, what's our term for? It's it's a very irrational like thing to do. I don't think that it can ever be dealt with. Trauma is gonna happen regardless, no matter what we try to go through um, and try to like fix it or focus on it or talk about right. it. There's gonna always be trauma there, no matter what. Okay, so I, I think that probably yeah. amount of yeah. trauma. Huh. But I don't I don't. What if you elaborate yeah, on that? Yeah, right, okay. Now. We kept throwing around this phrase "strong black woman," okay. right? If we look at some of the traumas that are thrown in our faces on the screen or wherever. We hear strong black woman when you're going through circumstances. I've, I've heard it dealing with circumstances of poverty, during circumstances of motherhood, during circumstances of sexual abuse, right? That's where I hear it used in my space, mostly. And it's like, yo, are we not going to talk about the fact that she was sexually abused, mm -hmm. that she was enduring the horrible conditions of poverty, right? right? Can we get into that? Like, right. yes, I, the ability to still be strong after something like that is commendable. But what we're seeing, which we talked about in our Generation Cycles episode, is that we keep praising the aftermath of something that's horrible. Yeah, right, and right. I think, right. I think I get what you're saying, it's more of the rhetoric around the situation. So right. instead of we, we look, read this story and we say, yes, she's a great, she's a resilient woman. But right. it's instead, well not instead, but we should also be saying, but also, let's get who did that to her. Yeah. Let's right. solve this problem, let's mm -hmm. change the world. Right. So it doesn't happen again. Right, yeah. right. Yeah. It's, right. Like, it's like the rhetoric of a strong black woman is consuming yes. the rhetoric of fixing yeah. the actual problem. To kind of so like, gear this conversation towards these black people, do you think there's a different standard of resilience for black people for, than others? Yeah. And do you think it's harmful to think that? You know what? I think there, there is for a very particular reason. Sometimes I consider myself a very resilient person. Mm -hmm. um, sometimes I wish that I could be. I yeah. wish that I could break down and cry and throw a fit in the middle yeah. of the store. Yeah. But so many times we can't do that as black people and as black women. Because we don't have anyone to fall back on. Yes, we may have our family, but that expectation makes it so that we don't truly or we don't believe that we have anyone to fall back on. And that's not the standard for other people who have raised it, who raised in different circumstances. Yes. If we are resilient, then we fall back into that stereotype. Well, if I get angry at you because I'm just fed up with whatever you get, get oh, I'm the angry black woman now. Oh, I'm Ooh, I, heard a poem. Black woman. <laughs> I heard a poem on that. It's like, yeah, I am angry. I have a right to be. Hmm. That. Just being black women in America. <laughs> Woo! We have so many reasons. There are so many reasons right. to be angry. Mm -hmm. So while I appreciate the strong black woman phrase, because yes, I do deserve the praise of being able to push through things that are horrible. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, I got every right to be angry, mm -hmm. sad, yeah. mad, all of that. And right. so in our own communities, my question is now: should we be using that phrase, the how the way in which we use it and the amount of how we use it? Because I feel like, in my personal opinion, that phrase has now taken away my right to be emotional. We're talking about to be black mad. Right? Yeah, to not angry black women, strong black women. I feel like it stripped me of my humanity. Right. It yeah. It's a lot of responsibility to 
to stay and it's like I was talking to Imani before you know we started taping but like I feel like when we are resilient we lose the inability to be protected oh <laughs> like we can't be protected anymore you right. you're you're filled with this you know status quote of independence you know dudes don't want to date you you know because you are the protector yeah you are the protector, yeah, protector of yourself yeah. and so as a resilient person can i can can i be protected by someone because god dang it i want an escape right now <laughs> like i want to like get off and you know get done with my schoolwork get done with work get done with all of these amazing things and i just want to breathe for a second and the thing is the pattern kind of continues especially like Okay, for my instance, I am in a single mother household, right? Mm -hmm. So she's naturally resilient because she has to be. Those obstacles that you were talking about, she can't remove them. Yeah. Right? She has to take on the burden of all these other different Ooh. roles and responsibilities. Right. But then on top of that, as someone who is seeing this, I have I'm like emulating it because I could see that she's doing that, and I have no other models to represent. Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah. to model after. So now the cycle continues where I am portraying that same person that she was, and I'm. My fear is that if I get in these positions where I could have somebody else to depend on, I won't be able to accept it. Exactly. Well, I feel like I can't, yeah. yes. especially when it comes to dating, especially when it comes to asking for help, especially right. when it comes to these instances where people can come into my life, but because I've seen people model when there is no help, I choose not to accept it. Right. right. I have a question, though. I want to shift the conversation, right? Because mm -hmm. we keep talking about protection and the need to be protected, the ability to accept protection yeah. mm -hmm. when it's offered to us. Jonah, I wanted to ask you really quickly, because now it becomes like, who is supposed to be protecting us? Right? So as black women, right, looking to be married, looking to have fellowship, right? Obviously, there's community within black women ourselves, but our black men play a large role in that. So I just wanted to get your perspective in this, because I know there are a lot of standards for black men also to be resilient. Right. And I think that, okay, this is going to, that's, okay. And I think that it's so crazy because, like, a black man, it's like a certain image. When you hear that, you, you, you think a certain thing. Right. And I am nothing of that sort. And it's like my whole life, I feel as if I've had to be resilient, especially in my household or it just in, in life in general. I think that walking outside and like being who I am, it's it, it's a struggle. Like literally, I walk out in a crop top, and I have gotten like so many comments. Oh stairs and it's just like dang i can't even be who i am without getting judged and it's only because you're supposed to be a black man black men don't do that black men don't right. like fashion black men don't wear pop pops black men don't do this that and the third and it's just like when can i get a break too it's like i can't yeah. even and even in my own household my own father he literally projects those those views on me and he has the oh so and then it's like, oh, right, right. And then it's like, and then I remember one day he was like, you're selfish. And I was like, I'm selfish. I've been living my life for you for my whole life. I can't do anything without yeah. trying to get your approval. Right. I can't walk out the right. house unless you approve my outfit. Yeah. I can't do anything unless yeah. you like it. Yeah. But I'm selfish. After I've lived my life for you my whole so life, fine. I'm selfish. All right. Well, and it's that, like, that's what? That's a great point because our stamp of approval is not given to us unless you fit into these standards. Right. Of, right. Now we're really, really, yeah, right. really, yeah. yeah. You are through some proud strong black woman. Strong black woman. Yeah, because the things that you're talking about, you're you are stepping outside of the box. You are making your I'm not okay, this is double devil's advocate. But it's kinda like you chose to make your life a little bit difficult trying to be different, stepping outside of that box. Now these are blockers that are that you have put in your path because of who you choose to be. 
So now it comes to the choice of what would you what would you say to somebody in your position who is teeter tottering on this choice of should I have these blockers that I'm intentionally putting in my life to be who I am, I or should I still fit in this box of path of least resistance? Right, and I I kind of get what you're saying, but then again, I kind of don't. I don't feel as if how am I putting a blocker in my life for just being who I am? I don't get because the stuff that I do that's outside of the box is not outside of the box in my head. Yeah, I mean, see what Zayla is saying is that anybody who lives their truth, mm -hmm. right? Even for us being girls who are, can be seen as aggressive. Right. Or can be seen as like, oh, you're not the typical girl. Right. Right? Living our truth has made things different. Right, yeah. Right? right? So uh -huh. you living your truth, there are so many who probably do not do that. Right, yeah, I can Simply because different. of the fact, like, that they don't oh, want those blockers. Yeah. this is going to be more difficult. Right, right. right. And, and we call that right. We call that the passive good of least resistance. Yes. Say yeah. you're a playing boy and you choose not to be. Right. But it's actually not because it's also a blocker or a barrier having to hide yourself. Yeah. Right. Right. It may even be more of a barrier. A world I'd rather I'd rather face the world as myself than have to hide from the world as someone I don't want to be. Right. And like you said, to answer your question, what do I what do I give somebody like advice that's in my position or was in my position? All I can say is just do it. Like I, that's literally all I can say because oh, it's <laughs> But all I can literally say is just do it because it's going to hurt more not being yourself. Not not wanting to be who you truly are is going to hurt so much more. Yeah, you might not be the the fan favorite. Yeah, you might be looked at a little bit differently. But all in all, you're still gonna be like I'm doing this for me. And, 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 and like self-happiness and self-love is more important than anything in this world. So I feel like if you just do it and you just stay true to yourself, it'll all work out. And that honestly made me, oh, go ahead, sorry. And to shift the conversation, um, I just have a question. Uh, this might be over to the sovereignty route. But is it the responsibility of somebody who's uh, labeled as resilient or resilient, who's gone through these struggles and he has made it through, to, well, going back to what Jayla said, to remove that trauma or to remove, uh, to remove some of the stuff, like the problems that make somebody resilient. So yeah, is it, say it again, say it again. Is it the responsibility of somebody who's labeled as resilient to remove like the struggle? Like let's say somebody's going through poverty, is it, is it their responsibility for um, when they have kids to remove the poverty struggle? I think so you mean like stopping the cycle. Yeah, yeah. stopping so, the cycle. Um, so I think it comes down to the choice and the mindset. Um, so we have a choice. If you want to stop those, and I'm going to call it generational cycles in that instance. If you want to stop generational cycles, it's your own individual choice to say, hey, you know what, I can't do this anymore. I've seen what this has done to my grandmother. I've seen what this has done to, you know, my my uh, great-grandmother. And so, like, for me personally, it's like I've seen, like, going back to Zayla, it's like I've seen what a single black woman is. I've seen, I've, I've seen and I know how to do it. And so me personally, I'm like, I can't do it. And it's not because the whole strong black woman phenomenon. It's about, I want to have a partnership. I want to, you know, be, you know, I want, I want to, <laughs> I want to have that, you know, that protector aspect of it while still having, while still holding the resilience at the same time. So that's why I say it's a mindset or a choice. That makes me think of this, um, I'll pass it to you there. Go ahead. But, um, because we keep hearing, we keep talking about circumstances, yeah. right? And I'm like, is there no stamp or no yeah. use of the word for those who may have came from privilege? Yeah. But who are still out here killing the game, right? I have friends who have not been through some of the struggle or have not seen those circumstances, right? Any type of circumstances or hurt or, or pain, but are out here killing the game. Yeah. And I feel like that's, that's worthy of a stamp too. 
Because right. yeah. resilience. Black yeah, but I'm saying black the struggles that we yeah, black girl right, black. the struggles that we deem are supposed to be in this criteria. Mm-hmm. Right? If it's like this is bad, this is bad, this is bad. You've been through some of this, then you get your stamp of resilience. Exactly. Right. But everybody goes through stuff. Right. Whether you think that it's a lot or a little. Exactly. Right? The, the definition is about the ability to push through. Right. They, they didn't specify the size of the adversity, the type of the adversity, right. right? But we only give the word to people who have what we deem been through something of great magnitude, right? right? right. So where is that that praise, that stamp to up to the other side of it, mm-hmm. if that makes sense? Yeah, but at, at a certain point, we have to recognize that there's a universal um, measure of trauma at some mm, yeah. point because right. of the collective traumas of what could have happened. So as a society... I'm going to pay, praise you because you stubbed your toe and walked out the door the next day? Or am I going to praise somebody and give them that extra love that they need if they went and got abused and walked out the house the next day? You understand what I'm right. saying? Because those people who right. went through those significant traumas need that extra love and need that extra praise so that they can... I don't know. But they, they yeah, just... Yeah, I, 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 I saying, yeah. Definitely, though, typically, in those situations, yeah. there mm-hmm. is a lack of something that the world should come in and, and, fill, it and in. fill in. But right. I think the only my only issue with that is that when someone is going through something and the world downplays it mm-hmm. or a community yeah. downplays it, right. right? Making it feel like what you've been through is nothing yeah. actually magnifies right. their feelings yeah. for yeah. the situation, right? So, when so like, if I'm going through something and y'all are like, girl, boom. Right. It makes it yeah. worse. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, like, dang, I have no one to... It's, yeah. I have to keep yeah. this... Oh my God. I have to keep this within me after mm-hmm. I tried to open up. So now there's this extra layer of covering right. because of the fact that if it didn't go up, it went two times down. But right. I have a question, right? Yeah, I'm so right. sorry. It's really specific. But my question is, whose responsibility is it to provide praise for that person whose whose trauma wasn't that large? Because me, as a person who's been through a trauma that is would be considered significant or been through situations that would be considered significant, it is troubling to me. Like it, it just feels some type of way to me when somebody says that they've been through something or they want sympathy from me because they've been through something that I think is absolutely nothing in comparison to what I've gone through. Right. It's kind of like, yes, I should have that empathy was inside of me, but right. it's, it just, it's, it's just, it's just, it's just a lot of work. And right. it's just a mental toll to have to sympathize with you and give right. you praise for something that I, I feel like comparison to what I've done isn't uh-huh. that hard. And I think that's a problem. But I feel like that's what, it goes back right. to what you said before, right? Yeah. Vantage point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if what you've been through, You've seen the impact of it. Mm-hmm. You've seen how it felt for you, right? You're looking at somebody else's trauma like, I wish. Right. That was just the half of what I had to go through. Right. Right. But for them, that may be the life or death. Right. right. So I think about situations like that could have been it for that person. Right. This year dealing with COVID, I've been in a lot of areas or I've met with people who are either attempted suicide or I've had situations where people have taken their own life. Mm-hmm. Right. And when we look at the traumas, you know, it's like, oh, my God, so many people have been through worse. Yeah. That was enough to make you check out. Yeah. Right. right. So I understand your point. Not this is very You know, I understand yeah, your point, but it's at the same time, like, it's, Vance's point is important now. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. it's like, whoa, we still got to remember we're human. Yeah. And no matter how much you put it on the spectrum. No matter how much we measure, right. it's still important because that could be. So, you know, yeah. And then just a question to about solvency again. How? What about the people who you know they're dealing with that struggle and they just feel like they can't be resilient or that they're they they haven't gone to that other side and they keep talking about the trauma but it's just not it's not getting better. How do they? How do we reassure them that it's another side to the trauma there's another side uh, there's a light at the end of the darkness and that you can make it through this but also that you can remove 
if, if it's the ability to remove some of the stuff that you can let go, it's okay to let go of it. Yeah. yeah. I think representation. representation. So I think that doing things and letting people see the trauma, even though people come out at the end, because uh, uh, going back to my definition of resilience, mm -hmm. when you come out and you bring other people with you That's and you create success at the end, you have to show people, don't hide your right. trauma, because yeah. then they feel like they can make it through too. I think that representation is one of the greatest gifts that That's we can give people in this, in this age of social media. And I feel like to add to that point, you're so right, because there are probably so many people that were in the same situation as you and think that nobody has done it. But if you show the stuff that you have been through and somebody's like, oh, I've been through that through that too, and they show that you got out of that, yeah. then they'll be like, okay, right. I can do this too. Right. So representation is so important. Right. I'm so glad that you brought that up. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm glad think, you brought it up. I think also okay. it goes back to some days just choosing, I'm gonna be mad today. Right. Or I'm gonna be sad today. And what I found is as a black girl, y'all gonna be mad anyway. Like, <laughs> even if I'm really chipper or if I come here with an attitude, you gonna find something find to say. Some way. <laughs> so I don't care. Right? right. That's the energy I take. If you gonna say something anyway, why would I strain myself? Right. right. I don't I'm not in it today. I don't feel good today. And I deserve to have those mental health days. Mm -hmm. I deserve to check yes. out. Also, mm -hmm. I think it those part we said about removing some of those blocks, you know, how I typically typically do it is that if I'm looking at my situation or if I'm in a situation where I don't like, I'm immediately, where are the problems? Yeah. Right? Where is the frustration coming from? And then I do an evaluation. Like, do I need you here? Do I need this? Right. Right? My priority. Mm, out boxes. Mm, no. But on no. top of that, I think it's okay to just say, I don't know. It's, it's okay to say, I don't know. Because I look at it at a sense of me saying you like need some mental health days, right? Mm -hmm. I don't even care if you just sit at the edge of your bed. You know, you do that ten minute stare before school. <laughs> like it's just, it's just like those little moments. I'll be sleeping. It's those little moments because we don't always have all the answers. Yeah. We won't have all the answers. We think something might work, but it doesn't. Yeah. And so I would just say, get to know yourself. You know, yeah, um, right. understand yourself, understand the people around you, understand where your pain is rooted in, rooted, rooted in, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> and then, you know, just expound on that. And to kind of build off of that, I like your definition. Mm -hmm. And if anything, I would take my hands off the reins because I know when I keep trying to control the situation, it, worse. it gets worse. My frustration builds up, my anger, my sadness right. keeps holding on right. until I let go. Yeah. Right. And so with that, I know we still need to release and unpack. So what I do, I know, or I pray about it. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, this needs to get out of me because this is that negativity. Prayer? This negativity right. inside me is festering a seed of just horribleness. And it's like, <laughs> what are we right. doing holding this in? It doesn't do anything for me. And it doesn't do anything else for the people around me because I'm spreading this. Right. Yes. So Tangent. when it comes yeah. to opening That's up about the vulnerability, when <laughs> <laughs> I open up my Bye. vulnerability, it, like you might have said to the people around me, it leaves the floor open for other people to do the yeah, same. Right. And I think that that is the most healing thing that anybody yeah, can right. really do. Right. Yeah. And I just, yeah. I just want to add one more talk. Mm -hmm. Like we're like conversation me and Jay were having earlier. I think that we as a collective need to foster a community of empathy. Because yes. empathy, yes. which, which is different from sympathy, it's not yes. just feeling bad for someone. It's trying to understand where they're coming from. Like Jayla right. said, maybe that's the, the life or death for them, or maybe that's just a smaller picture for them. Right. We need to foster a community, have people in your life who can empathize with what you're going through, even if what they're going through is much worse. And I know that for someone who's gone through something that's hard, it can be hard to have that empathy. Yeah. But I just think that we need to work on it as a community. 